Welcome back to another episode here on Viewpoints. I'm your host, Jordan Voiles, and I'm here with Dr. John Gerlach. John, what's up? <laughs> hey, Jordan. How's it going, man? I heard you had a fun lunch. I had a fun lunch. I was late to the podcast. <laughs> oh, Everyone's yeah. upset with me no. in the room right now. <laughs> we're, we're not. Bob Ross is very upset with you right now. He's not. He can't even look at you. So, hey, you just got back from a trip. I did. You yes. were in Cro- Cro- Krakosia. <laughs> I don't even know where you were. Where were you? Uh, thank you. That, that that country will really appreciate that a lot. Uh, Croatia. Croatia. I was Croatia. close. Yeah. How was it? It was great. Amazing place. I always wanted to go there. And um, had an opportunity to go there with some friends. And it's really, really good. Yeah. Was it just, uh, just a fun getaway? Or did you get to stop at some some places? What were like the highlights of the trip for you? Um, the speedboat was one of them, right? Yeah, speedboat uh, at 4 a.m. in the morning from Venice to go directly to the airport. You, you get off the boat and you're in the terminal. It's That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, That's pretty really crazy. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're back. Uh, we got an important uh, topic for today. We're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper, which you just preached on. Um, we had Lord's Supper this past Sunday. It was a good time. Uh, but let's go a little bit deeper into this place. But what do you have for us today, John, on this topic? Yeah, I think it'd be really good today uh, for the listener. We just kind of can chase maybe a little bit of the deeper meaning of the Lord's Supper. You know, you've got two sacraments of the church, um, baptism and the Lord's Supper, that for 2,000 years have been being done. That's yeah. pretty pretty unbelievable. So two things that have continued on that long as a tradition. You know, why, why is it important? Uh, I was going to ask you kind of growing up, so what was your, as you grew up in church, what was your experience? I mean, did you guys do that every week, uh, every couple months? How did y'all do it? Yeah. So I was, I was raised in the UPC, United Pentecostal Church. I remember we always did it maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always remember having just like this fear of taking the Lord's Supper. Mm, really? Yeah, because the pastor would always talk about how, you know, make sure you, you're doing it in the right heart. And then he would always bring up, you know, and this is at church camp too. Like we would talk about this mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Like some people get sick and die, you know, if mm-hmm. they did it in the wrong heart. And maybe that was just me not understanding. Mm-hmm. But yes, I remember like those were the fervent prayers I always had. Like, like uh. when we were doing the Lord's Supper, I would just make sure that. Um, And I would even say sometimes... I don't know if this is good or bad theology, but I would not take it sometimes just being like, I'm not in the right place, mm. not in the right heart. Yeah. But yeah, I always remember the church growing up is like, it was a, a serious matter when we took the Lord's supper. Mm-hmm. Um, but now growing up and kind of just learning other styles and how other people do it. Like I've just learned about the Eucharist and all that stuff. And that blew my mind. We can talk about that later, but yeah. Um, definitely a, a, a reverence and an awe when we, when we did it back in yeah. as a child. So. Yeah. My memories are, I have, uh, we had those silver trays. I remember the silver trays and there was like a little holes for the little cups. Yeah. And then you had silver trays that had the little wafers in there and you passed them out. I remember that, um, a lot. And I think it was, yeah, I had kind of similar. I remember the pastor was very, you know, very serious 
and it was, you know, you didn't take it lightly for sure. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about Sunday, first Corinthians 11, which is the passage we always read from that chapter when we do the Lord's supper. And also, you know, some of the things in that chapter about takeaways for us. So, you know, I thought today would be good just to do some takeaways about the Lord's Supper and answer some questions. Why do we do what we do? How come we do it this way? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think uh, one of the big things that comes to me is always that it, it is grace. I think to me, I don't know. I, I'd lo- I'd like to know kind of what hits you the most. I mean, a lot of things I think can hit us during Lord's Supper if we're taking it in the right spirit and, you know, it's having the impact it's supposed to have. Sure. But for me, it was truly um, Jesus died for my sins. And it was I want to remember that and I want to be thankful and I want to be grateful. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the overall theme. There's other things, you know, I'll celebrate the fact that um, – what is the price that's been paid? And, you know, but I think for me, it was kind of like uh, the remembering. You know, I, I, I do different things to help me remember an, a special event or a special. To me, this was the the biggest event in all history. Yeah. Here's how I want you to remember it. Mm. And for me personally, I think when I'm in the right place spiritually, when I'm taking the Lord's Supper, that's what comes to my mind is I'm just remembering Jesus really died for my sins. I put him there. He died for me. And so what, so what, what kind of, is it in the same kind of vein or different, a little different or for you? Yeah, I would, I would say up until I came to Crestview um, and you were preaching on literally the Bible says, do this in remembrance. Mm -hmm. You always talk about that. And so that's what I took it as like, okay, this is literally something that we go, what did Christ do for me on Calvary? on the cross, the blood, his body that was broken. Um, you know, this wasn't something that was, his blood literally poured out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't something that was um, bandaged or, or, or it took time to heal. Look, it literally was poured out for you. Yeah. Um, and so just remembering what Christ did for me, and it, it gave me a new perspective of the Lord's Supper. Like we do this to remember what he did. And, um, yeah, I get choked up about it because it's like, man, like God is so good and we can do this. This is an element that we can do in remembrance of him. And it's, um, you, you always talk about the words being symbolic. And so that, it helped me tremendously, Mm. but it wasn't up until I think I came here, which is like five or six years ago that I had a deeper understanding of the Lord's Supper. Well, I think from first Corinthians 13, you, you get first Corinthians 11, I said 13, um, Basically, you get this idea of grace and and how it connects to the cross. It also connects to living each day now. And then it's interesting how Paul in chapter 11 points us to Christ coming again. Mm -hmm. All that is in that passage on the Lord's Supper. And it's like all connect. There's grace, grace, and future grace. So it's all this grace that's just amazing and and life-changing. And so let, let's chase a couple of the controversies maybe a little bit, or not quite controversies, but more of the kind of questions maybe. And I think, it, I think the big issue that is taken very seriously is this whole thing of, you know, prepare your heart, prepare yeah, yourself. Yeah. 
make sure you're in the right place spiritually. And you talked about how you at times have not taken the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. So how have you taken that? Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's um, <clears throat> something that, you know, what is the right view of that? What is the biblical view of, of that? And so at the present time, how do you feel about that? What's your thoughts on that? No, that's a good question. The word that comes to mind would be examination, mm-hmm. you know, like just examining my heart examining, do I have anything in my heart right now that could be unpleasing to God? Um, if I do, or if I'm struggling with a, a sin, Lord, help me to identify that. You know, I think King David said, even the ones that I don't remember, wash me. Mm. You know, even the ones that are far off that I have forgotten about, cleanse me, purge me with hyssop. And so, yeah, it's it's a whole um, study and examination on my soul and my spirit when I when I take the Lord's Supper. Um and you bet you, I'm asking God to forgive me, like, Lord, if there be any wrong in me, just wash me. Yeah. And so that's examination, I think, would be a word that would come to my mind. Yeah. I would tell anyone, really, like, examine yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. One quote I heard was that um, God doesn't expect, obviously, the Lord's Supper is not for perfect people because no one's in that category, but the Lord's Supper is for repentant people. That's good. And I think that's the thing where, you come to the place and it's an interesting call. Like you said, like you didn't take it. What, what I think that's probably a good thing because there's sometimes where, Hey, I need to repent right now. Okay. I need to search my heart. Okay. Oh, I gotta, you know, uh, it's like I talked about in the sermon a little bit about like, Mm -hmm. if you, if someone's got, if you're you're going to Lord's Supper and you're bitter against someone. Yeah. You probably shouldn't take it. Probably shouldn't take it. I mean, you know, you, you, you could repent in that moment. It may take a while. Yeah. If it takes a while, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you could do it in the moment. Like you're holding on to that. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm holding on and I'm not really willing to let go right now, I, I think you don't take the Lord's Supper. And you mentioned, you know, the pastor that kind of scared you in the past. I mean, that, I mean, yeah. I don't know what all that means. Uh, but basically, he pretty clearly in the middle of chapter 11, the first Corinthians is saying, some of you guys are weak and sick, and some of you have died because of you've you've had judgment on yourself because how you have, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, there's a lot of issues in in Corinth. I mean, you got all kinds. I mean, it's a talking oh, about yeah. a messy church. It's a really lot of issues. I mean, they're getting drunk in the Lord's Supper, for example, which is, you know, kind of a definitely shows the depth of which they had really kind of gone the wrong way, but. I think there's a definite, there's clearly, biblically, a better take it seriously. Yeah. Take it real, real seriously. And use it as a checkup. Use it as a... Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Where are you at? So let's get into a couple things about how different churches do it different ways. Oh, yeah. Different, you know, for example, an easy one to talk about, I think, is um, how often. Because the Bible really doesn't give us specific instructions about, you know, mm-hmm. do it this often or that often. You have some churches. I grew up in a church where we did it once a quarter. I mean, yeah. so that every once every three months, I have been to churches that do it every Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. So you've got, I think that's pretty, I don't know if anybody does it less than that once every three months. That's, that's um, mm-hmm. and at Crestview, we are in between that. We've, uh, kind of purposely, we've made that more than once every three months. It's about, 
a little more than every other month, yeah. something like that. Um, you know, maybe six, eight times a year. Right. So, thought, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Why, why do you think some people did it? What's the good about every week and what's the bad about every week, for example? I don't know if I could put it in good or bad. I think, you know, the Bible just says when you do it, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you do it every Sunday or every once a quarter or once a month, just make sure you're in the right heart. You know, I don't know if it's if it's a too much or too little thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know, whenever you do it, just do it in the right heart. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a parameter on that because, again, like mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't give you. Right. Hey, so I think, what do you always respond with? Yes. It's like, uh, should we do it once a month or once a quarter? Yes. 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 You know, I think that's a good answer because I think it's, it's more about more important about how you do it than when, how often you do it. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I I think there can be arguments made that, you know, weeklies gets, becomes too familiar, Mm -hmm. but you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you, I said, I think you said that really well. I think it's, that's, it doesn't really matter more about if you examine yourself. Okay, let's talk about another question. Um, wine or grape juice? Welch's <laughs> or Well, it depends wine. on if you're saved or not. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I've been in services where they've done real wine. Yeah. I've been in services where they've done grape juice. Right. Um, I've been in services where they do a common cup. I have to. And, you know, Ethelene is totally against the common well, cup. Okay, because she thinks it's gross. Only, I only reason. Only reason. Now, I've I've been to a Methodist church where you mm-hmm. dip the bread in the wine. But are you talking about you've actually everyone's drinking out of the same? Yeah, time? I, no, okay, yeah, that's too. No, much. we're we're in England one time, and wow. we were actually at this cathedral, and we're there at a church service, and you st- everybody started lining up. And we go, oh, what's going on? Oh, it's Lord's Supper. Oh, okay, yeah, great, great, great. And then it was like one cup. Mm-hmm. He would just do this little wipe thing but it was like can we can we get some spray out too and can we get you know it didn't do the spray it was it was just yeah, yeah. so anyway that's just you know a little side note but um so grape juice or wine why what in the world in, interesting fact interesting fact that i did not know till this this week in fact the reason we do grape juice is because of a guy named welch as in Welch's grape juice. He's okay. that he's that guy who said we ought to do something that is related but not alcoholic. Right. I mean, like really, the grape juice guy came up with that. Wow. I don't know that he had a business motive. Do you think it's because like maybe kids are there or Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's here's what the stance has been. So why grape juice? Well, grape juice because of kids underage. Someone who's alcoholic, you you could be tempting them. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't know. You don't. You don't. You know. You're not going to pass them. You know the the wine if it's wine and go. Oh, excuse me, but are you alcoholic? Yeah. You know, you're not going to say that. So you could be you know messing someone up, and so there was just kind of like default to let's do grape juice, and it was. You know, and I think it shows some of the different viewpoints about alcohol that have changed over mm-hmm. time to some degree. But I think it was more about the don't cause somebody to stumble. So we're just going to go with grape juice and we don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about that we're causing some kind of problem. So it's kind of interesting that that was the reason. 
Um, you know, there's a whole argument when Jesus did the water and the wine that it wasn't fermented. It was just yeah, like grape yeah, juice. Yeah. So, which, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Um, but I do think that you know it's it's interesting how you have different viewpoints on that, and so the bottom line doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. I mean, I've known people who've taken the Lord's Supper with some, you know, I mean, all kinds of things, you really? know, like, like real bread and, yeah. Yeah. you know, not unleavened bread, which is from Passover, the background of Passover, which that's yeah. where that comes from. And then, you know, um, done different kinds of juices, I think. I've heard of people who have done that in yeah. the past. So, again, it's a, it gets down to what you said. It's all about your heart, your preparation, and it is an important thing. It's pretty amazing to me, mm-hmm. I like baptism, that we've done this for 2,000 years. Different flavors of it, variations mm-hmm. of it, but we've continued to do this. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And this might be the longest podcast we've ever had, which is fine. <laughs> um, but I, I do have to ask you this question. Okay. Because I've ran, ran into people that think this way. I know that there's people at Crestview that mm-hmm. have come from a, a Catholicism mm-hmm. or a Catholic background. And I just right. think it would be good to just talk about it, okay. the viewpoint on it. Um, what would you say to the people that have the mentality of a Catholic heritage or a background of where they think of the Lord's Supper as like partaking in the body, like the actual body of Christ and drinking the blood, mm-hmm. where it actually becomes Christ? And then I've also heard the question is, well, is, is, is John going to bless the the Lord's Supper today. Mm. And they kind of have that traditional mindset. So what, how would you say what is different from how we do it to like, you know, Orthodox or, or Catholics, how they traditionally do it? Yeah, so the Catholics have this view called substantiate, transubstantiation, mm-hmm. which is what you said really well about it. it actually turns literally into the body and blood of Christ. The... um. And it comes a lot from John chapter 6 where it talks about unless you eat this bread and drink my blood, Mm -hmm. I mean, he kind of almost goes there real specifically. But even in that context, I think as you look at it, it's real, it's it's interesting to me because is is it just symbolic or is it that, I mean, Jesus said some things, but I, I don't think it could be literal because. Hyperbably or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it can't. How could you literally do that when he was saying that? Sure. You need to do this right now. Well, what are we doing? We're not going to actually literally. So there's some ways to unpack that and all, but that's definitely been a, a belief of the Catholic Church for a long, long time. To me, it's symbolic. Yeah, to me, it doesn't, you know, there's nothing blessing inherent in Whatever it is, wine, juice, mm-hmm. wafers, crackers, bread, it doesn't, there's nothing holy in it itself. It's just to bring us to a place of holiness and, and, and grace. Yeah. The, the thing, the physical is not holy in itself. I think that's right. the real difference. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I respect the Catholic brothers and sisters about this, uh, but they have a lot more physical items that are considered holy mm-hmm. than we would have that thing as holy. Well, that that item, physical mm-hmm. item, is holy. And you think about it, we don't really have that kind of stuff. Sure. They have a lot of that kind of stuff. So it kind of fits that here this actual yeah. cup and the bread 
it's this physical, but it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I think someone to really wants to chase this. I think they should do a study of John six, along with now to me, First Corinthians eleven pretty much leads you to it can definitely be symbolic. Mm-hmm. Chapter six is the chapter that if you want to make a case that it's not symbolic, that's where you would go. But I still would say, yeah, it's hard to make that totally literal in the sense even when Jesus said it. Um, sure. He was talking about like right now you need to be doing this right mm-hmm. right now. So it's not his literal blood and you know body. That's good. Well, to the listener, what would you want to leave them with? Um, even though you just preached about it, awesome sermon talking about it today, but what would one thing you'd want to leave the listener with today? I, I think I think it is to it's all about it's it's a lot like worship, mm-hmm. which is next Sunday is what we're gonna talk about singing. Yeah. Um, it's a lot about prep. It's preparation spiritually about for, you know, it can be just an odd tradition. Now we do this and it's no big deal. We just do it every so often. I don't know how often we do it, but we do it. And here we're doing it again. It can be that, but it's not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And just like, oh, I'm singing some songs. Okay. No, it's not supposed to be that. It's, it's so much about our heart and so much about how we prepare ourselves spiritually that we get ready. So I think the biggest thing is to me is we have this great opportunity to do kind of a little spiritual reboot every time we take the Lord's Supper and to examine ourselves and see our hearts and let God change us. And I think it can be so meaningful at Mm -hmm. that point. And so I would just encourage the listener to do everything they can to make it meaningful of those opportunities they have to take the Lord's Supper. That's awesome. Pastor John, thank you so much for opening up this viewpoint and and going biblical with it. So we thank you for that. It's a listener. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time.